Praise God. Father, we thank you for what it is that you're doing in us, through us, for us, how you're using us, helping us, blessing us, and encouraging us every single time you touch us and minister to us. Every time we get together in your name, Lord, we increase. We thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that our time before you is never wasted, but it is well invested. So we honor you, Lord, and we love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen and amen and amen again. Praise God. So we're going to talk about um, uh, the fact that we have to please God. You've got to please him. Amen. We must please him. That is his word and that is his way. And uh, <clears throat> comes from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. And why is that but there? Because he talks about so many people that we read about in the Bible that had faith in God and what they did with it. It says, uh, verse 4, by faith, Abel, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaks. So your your faith speaks for you long after you're gone. You know, your your what you do in in God and what you do in faith is eternal, and it'll live a testimony for you. Long after you're gone. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he was found not found because God translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. So these people do things that are pleasing to God just simply by putting their faith in him. And it says here, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we have we have two examples of people who please God with their faith. We still read about both of them. Amen. Their deeds live on long after they do. So when it says here, for he that comes to God. Now, if you want something from God, you have to believe, number one, that God exists, that he's alive. And he is every bit capable of doing everything he says he'll do in the Bible. You've got to believe that nothing is impossible with him and that he will reward you if you diligently seek him. Then that means not uh, uh, here and there or or on a whim or, you know, some people say, well, if God wants to bless me, he can bless me. Just let me win the lottery. You know, he's not talking about that. Those people aren't even seeking God. They're more tempting God, which is is not wise. And so uh, when you diligence means that you're committed to it, that you persist in it. And that's why a lot of people don't get anything. Because they're not diligent to start with. They're not sincere in their hearts. And they faint the minute they think they've gone long enough. There's a limit. Diligent people don't have a limit to their commitment. They don't have a limit to the extent that they'll go to prove to God that they believe him, that that they trust him. And so many times we are shorted by our, uh, our lack of commitment because... If you don't believe God for things, who are you trusting in? You know, it's just that simple. And diligent people 
continue to go back over and over and over again to God even when they're disappointed in the results or maybe they don't get the results that they thought or as as quickly as they wanted to or as much as they want to amen they but but God will let you know he he encourages the diligent i think uh he won't let you just be out there with with no guidance no encouragement no anything he he continues to work with us and pull us close to him and, and, and continues to coach us and coax us into believing him in a greater and greater fashion. And we see that in the life of Abraham, that God was there um, uh, helping him and he would come back and visit him. You know, when Abraham would go for a while, you know, uh, just doing his own thing, prospering, being blessed. And then God would come back and visit him again and, and remind him of all the things that he had yet to receive from him. So when God kind of gets with us and starts talking to us about our future, all he's doing is reminding us, you know, stay with me in this. I've still got stuff for you to do. I, I want you to uh, to be encouraged in this, and I want you to continue uh, to trust me and, and continue to expect and to, to keep expectation high. Instead of being discouraged and, and getting into a point where you, you just wander and wonder and wonder when it's coming and you don't know how to, you know, get yourself out of that little hole that sometimes we can dig for ourselves if we're not diligent. Amen. And so many times God, God just allows us to, um, you know, kind of like to scratch the surface on things to, to confirm that that we're in the right flow or we're on the right path and then you know it'll maybe it'll dry up for a season but you know you you tapped into it once and it's going to be there again and so he allows us to to look at things and see that vision and, and see a clear vision of our future in him and know what we're aiming for uh, i call it a deposit on your future uh, when you when you can walk in something uh, that God is going to do more of in the future with you, uh, you know, and, and just know that that you're headed in the right direction, that God's going to bless you and he's going to overwhelm you with blessings. So it, it's just that way. So anyway, he, he wants us, though, to continue to believe him to every day. Get up expecting expecting good. If you don't have anything in particular you're expecting from God. Know that as long as you have the expectation of good, he will accommodate you. Amen. He will make sure that your needs are met. He'll make sure that you uh, have what you need. He loves to encourage us along the way. You know, that that's what prophecy is really for. It's it's not so much for us to to feel like we're special or, you know, look what God's going to do or anything like that. He really is trying to encourage us that, that he still has heard you. He's still that it shall come to pass. In other words, it, it will come to pass. And so that's really a good thing. I was watching somebody that, um, uh, a Facebook friend who's also in the ministry and I saw where they, uh, I think they opened up a, a daycare center or something like that. And I know that's been on their hearts for like over 20 years, 
you know what I'm saying? And in it, 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 there, the caption that they had under the picture, they did a little video. They said, "It shall come to pass." Amen. And so they're people of faith. They they believe God and and they are patient and diligent in what they do. So why wouldn't God bless them? Amen. So so those things, you know, it might take some time and it might take some doing, but but it will come to pass if you're trusting God for it. So he rewards us with the things that we desire if we diligently seek him. And and notice he didn't say diligently seek things. He said, diligently seek him about things. See, seek him. Make sure you go through him. Go through his word. Uh, feast on the word. Uh, let the word be your delight, like David. You know, David was the kind of man he experienced everything in life. Highs, lows. He was hunted. He was uh, you know, he never was wounded. That's that's the miraculous thing about it. You know, he never had a scratch on him. Uh, but he he came close many times to either causing his own demise or other people uh, destroying him because he was a very powerful man being king of the most most prestigious nation on the earth at that time. Israel was, you know, it was no little nothing. You know, the the fame and the notoriety of that people went out everywhere uh, when they got to Jericho. The people had heard, just heard about them and locked the whole city up, afraid of them. So a reputation went out before them. And, and that was the reputation that they had in the earth as long as they served God. And so when you think about all of the things that a king of Israel would be up against, you know, many of them didn't live long. Many of them didn't serve God in their reign. Many of them were disgraced in their reign. But David was a man after God's own heart. And because he loved God, God spared him, gave him mercy many times, uh, raised him up from from places where he looked to be defeated and was able to to set him up again and again and again and to keep using him and to keep him in that office of king. And so there's there's a reason for that. And And I believe that when you live a life of faith, that you're always seeking God, diligently seeking God, not wanting anything other than the will of God in your life. Uh, this is very important to God. And, and it's how much do we trust him uh, is really the question that always comes before us. Do we really, really trust him with all of our hearts or do we have a whole list of stuff that we want first? And if God can get it for us, okay. But, you know, we, we sometimes we don't just you ever think about just taking all your prayers off the table and starting off fresh. You know what I'm saying? God, I done got mired down in here in my confession and my not confession and my this and my that. Let's just wipe the slate totally clean. You know, I repent. I don't have nothing out there I want. Just whatever you want from me, God. Let's start from scratch. Let's build a whole new <laughs> thing going on here. You know, because sometimes your your prayers get involved in your soul and your fears and your wants and don't wants and, and sometimes you can't figure out what you want and what you're praying for. And so it's just good sometimes to say, God, you know what? I don't want anything but but your company right now. I don't want anything but but you talking to me or me talking to you or knowing you're present or knowing you're see that's diligently seeking him. When you seek him, you just want 
him to notice you. You want you want to know that you're 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 known by him, that he hears you, that that he approves of you, uh, all of that. And and so many times our seeking needs to be put on the front burner. Just seek him. God, what do you want to tell me today? I've I've got this prophecy here and I've got this list of stuff that I need and list of expectations, people expecting things of me and and you know, things that I've got to do, feel responsible for. What is it that you want? What what do you want from me? What what do we talk about? Let's just talk about what you want to talk about or not talk about nothing. You know, and we don't have to say anything. Just let me know I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me give me my check, good girl, add a girl check for today and give me some peace inside of me so that I can can make it through the day. You know, sometimes that's all we want is to make it through the day with peace in our minds and in our hearts and nobody you know, calling, not being afraid somebody's going to call us and ask us for something we don't have or can't produce right now. You know, any of that stuff. We just want to know that we're okay. And so I think that's an okay uh, situation to have with God, to know that we're okay. So God is a rewarder of them who, and I would say diligence means continue to seek him. Don't be disappointed and quit. And don't be disappointed and be half-hearted. Uh, continue to seek him with all of your heart everything that's in you god i'm depending on you uh there's nothing i want more than what it is that you have for me and and i don't have uh, i don't have my list of stuff that i i'm waiting on i don't have that checklist anymore i remember the the days when we were learning about faith everybody had to write something down everybody had to be specific everybody and then you realize you didn't know what you were talking about anyway. You didn't know what you wanted. And you didn't know what it took to get it either. And so I think it's just sometimes to say, you know what, God? It will come to pass. I just know that much. If I don't know anything else today, I know it will come to pass. Because you're a faithful God. And I trust you. And so I think if we can can keep it on the the um, on an honest level, a sincere level with God, well, we don't know exactly what it is that we're longing for. We don't know exactly what it is that we need or desire. Uh, a lot of things that we just just have the basics of it. Uh, but but then there are some things, too, that, that we do have specifics on. And we should be bold and confident that he wants those for us. Amen. And And just, you know what, God, I think I would like to have have that or or have this or or you know whatever it is that we desire uh we can just boldly proclaim god you are my helper you're my provider this is what i desire and and begin to just just seek him and talk to him about it uh, don't look at god as being a list or steps and formulas god's god he's a person and or he has personhood even though he he is god and so we we need to understand that too uh that that he responds when we thank him he responds when we worship him he responds when he's acknowledged for who he is and we can't do that too much amen you can't do that enough and so and it's not like we're trying to flatter god or he's not he's not carnal you know flattery doesn't even come into it but we give him what's due 
him. That that honor is due him. And so we we need to think about uh honoring him, thanksgiving, all of that is is paying what's due. Amen. Uh, that's his payment that we look at all he's done for you. Look at all he's given you, uh, even when you didn't know him and you didn't really respond to him, uh, how he spared your life. He, he took care of you, could, kept you alive, kept you from wrong company and, and accidents and injuries, all of that stuff. So he's due the respect and the honor and the glory and, and anything else we can lay at his feet. Uh, we need to do that. And that, that's just what he's, he's due. Now, Going over and above, you know, I don't even know how to get into that realm to give him more than what he's due. I'm trying to catch up <laughs> and just give what's what's appropriately his. I notice sometimes that God will bless me with something. And I'll look at it and receive it and smile and keep on my way. And I think, oh, God, forgive me. I forgot to thank you for that. You know, sometimes we can be so accustomed to him coming into our lives and, and just being there, you know, laying out the red carpet for us, and we forget to give thanks. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, can you please remind me when I get up, the first thing that comes out of my lips is thank you. I try to get ahead of the game because I know I'm going to fall behind at some time during the day. So it's good to, to bank up Thanksgiving. You know, and, and keep that before the Lord and always be thanking him. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a little something that I do sometimes when, especially if I'm around other people is, you know, maybe it's just a way of witnessing or, or, you know, I'm not sure why I do it, just feel to do it. But, uh, if say for instance, uh, I was talking to somebody and, and they were telling me that, you know, well, we, we thought we would have to do this and it was going to cost more. And so your bill won't be as much as we thought it was going to be because we found we didn't have to do that. And I said, oh, really? I said, wow. I said, can I say praise the Lord in front of you? Oh, yeah, please do. You know, seldom do I get anybody that is silent, you know, and I'm going to do it anyway. So, like, I'll be in, in Walmart. I say, can I say praise the Lord in Walmart? Can I say praise the Lord on the telephone to you? You know, that kind of stuff. And, and you know, just to let people know that God is involved, you know. I mean, anytime you can give glory and honor to God, you know, do that. And, and you know, I just say that as a way of being polite about it and not blurting it out. You know, sometimes if you get too aggressive with stuff like that, it's a turn off to people, you know. Come on now. Y'all know people who are religious and I'm just going to bless him anyway. And just, and they're not in the spirit. They're just aggressive and, and, you know, trying to be, you know, you know, religion comes out of your flesh. So I'm not going to dishonor God in any way, you know, but if I can get an open door to say, thank you, Jesus in front of people, I sure will do it. Amen. So it's good to good to entreat people and, and let them know, you know, that God has done something and I want to bless his name. So so anyway, faith, when we diligently seek God with our faith, you must do it according to his will. His will is always reflected in his word. So don't get too too familiar uh with God and just asking for stuff, you know. Uh, always spend some time in the word with God and get inspired. 
you know, reading God's word always inspires me how to respond to him and, and what to say and, and uh, how to set the tone for my interaction with the Lord so that it's a positive interaction. You know, it gives me peace and, and helps me and guides me uh, throughout the day. And so God wants us to, to use our faith at all times with all things. Amen. And and faith really, uh, sometimes the faith for something is in your heart already. Sometimes you're not sure. So you have to go to the word and begin to seek God through his word, meditate and, and see where your meditation takes you. Uh, all of that is necessary sometimes in finding the will of God. Sometimes God's will is for you to to proceed with things, but not for right now. You know, sometimes it's not a good time or good season uh, for certain things that we may think we want to do and execute. We might feel a little bit of a caution uh, in in some areas or a little bit of a drag, you know. And so uh, God may delay some things for a more opportune time. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's just good to know and be in sync with God, uh, to be in, in, in the right flow with him. And then there are some times where God will boldly give you the confidence to step out in faith where it may look like it's not the season for it at all, like he did with Isaac. You know, he there was a famine going on, and Isaac sowed in the land where the famine was, and he still harvested and reaped, amen. And so it's it's just good to, to know God's leading, uh, to be in tune with him, and that's what trust is. You know, when faith turns into trust, that means that you are are allowing God to to do the leading 100%. You know, there's some things we do by faith. We just have a, a kind of a constant green light about it. Uh, you know, things like when you go to the grocery store, you know, you're going to find some bargains. God's going to bring you some things that you can you uh do and you have a need there. Uh, that's that's one level of faith. Trust is where it looks like it's not going to happen. And then he nudges you out anyway. And you gotta, gotta step out there. So, and you're trusting that he's the one that's telling you to do it and that he's out there with you and it's going to work out. Amen. No matter what happens in the meantime, it will work out and it will come to pass the thing that you're believing him for. So, so God wants us to, to trust him as well as have faith in him, have confidence in him. All of those words that, that speak to um knowing that it's going to turn out good i think that's what god wants us to always keep in mind when we're talking uh talking about having faith in him amen faith gives us understanding about things that we don't quite understand amen faith will give you uh that understanding like it says here in verse 3 it says through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, even though we don't understand how it happened. We don't really know, but our faith tells us it's so. Amen. Tells us it was a real happening that went on, and we can trust that God created the worlds and created the universe. Amen. And it says things that are seen. See, it's not exist. 
It says things that are seen were not made of things that do appear. So the visible came from the invisible. The things that we see out here as earth were came from a place where we couldn't see it before it came into the visible realm. So we're talking about a God who is pre-existent, who has uh, his creation inside of him, and it is real and it is tangible at all times. And only God can do that. He's the only one who can bring the visible out of the invisible realm so that he can be appreciated and enjoyed by all of us. When he created it, it says in the beginning, but it became visible sometime later. We know this creation story might have gone on for thousands of years. All of that that we see in Genesis 1 might have gone on what a year is like a, a, a thousand days and a thousand days like a year with God. So he capsulizes it into days. But we know that it's not the same 24-hour day that, that we know necessarily. Maybe, but we're not certain all of that transpired at that time, especially the the part that says that the earth was without form and void. See, when God created, it was good. Then for, without form and void comes in, that's not good. So something not good happened in the interim. So we're talking about a span of time. We don't even know how long it was. We know that if God be God, he has everything's preexistent. Everything is pre-contained in him. Everything exists in him. And he brings it from his existence over into our existence. When it comes into the visible realm, it comes into our realm of existence. But it's there all along. That's how we can have confidence that God is going to bring something to pass. Because your faith tells you it exists somewhere with God. See, it's already there. It's there somewhere. And so we have to trust that God is there. Other than that, it wouldn't, it would be the same thing as if we just said and imagined something. You know how it is when you wish you had so and so or you wish you could do? It would be the same feeling. Faith would be the same feeling if we weren't talking about stuff that already exists. See, it's, it's not visible. That's the only difference there. And so what we're attempting to do with our faith is bring it from the invisible to the visible realm. See, God's already created it. We're not creating anything with our confession. We're not speaking anything into existence. We are affirming what's already there. So when you talk about riches and glory, your stuff is there. God's not deciding if he's going to give you anything or he's going to make you something. It's already there. All he has to do is speak the word and it gets transported over to you. Amen. And so in, in this is what makes our faith different. See, this is why you can believe there's a heaven out there. You've never been. You, you don't have any kind of inkling about heaven other than what God can can reveal to you. But it's a real place. God has spoken of it many times in the Bible as being real. Amen. He gave gave Moses patterns of things that were already in heaven. And he talked about them being the patterns of things that exist already there. So God is dealing in real estate. Amen. 
when you talk about talk about your your uh, 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 blessings that are coming from heaven, it's real. It's real estate. It's more real than than some of this stuff down here on earth is because this stuff is perishing every day. But see, in, in glory, it's everlasting. And so God will make it so. So God says the worlds were framed by his word so that things that are seen were not made of things that do not appear. Amen. So we, we're not talking about hopey, dreamy stuff. We're talking about real stuff that that is 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 uh, uh it's just invisible amen so god deals in in real stuff all the time amen all the time and your faith is real your faith is what makes it real what makes it visible what makes it appear faith does that it brings it from the unseen realm over into the seen realm so we're going to talk about a couple of situations i think we'll get to today one for sure of of how people please god with their faith you'll please him as long as you believe that that he exists that he is he's alive and he will give you what you desire if you diligently seek him. So our part is to not give up. When you're diligent, you don't quit. You don't give up. You don't faint. You don't start criticizing and critiquing uh, what it is that, that you desire from God. You don't do any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you continue on the same level of faith that you started out in, hopefully increasing. Amen. So the longer we believe God, the more confident we should become. You shouldn't get less confident. You should get more confident. Amen. Because you give your faith time to get integrated into your heart a little bit more. It's not something that you just believed on a whim and got it real quick and now you're on to something else. God wants us to live a life of faith, to continue in the faith and continue to be faithful people. And so uh, we, we have a situation here. If you'll turn to Luke chapter 5, it's a familiar story to us, but, but we need to understand how to get faith and how to let our faith be pleasing to God. In verse 17, it says, it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, talking about Jesus, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. So you see the gang them up on them, right? I mean, faith and the word of God has that effect on the natural realm, on the, the spiritual realm that governs this earth down here. When you start to to move in the power of God, there are going to be all kind of people show up to your party. Amen. You know, we always want big crowds. We always want, you know, just to know that that we're worthwhile. We got to see a certain number of people all the time, that kind of stuff. There's people and there's people. Amen. And so here we see all these people piled up and they're not believing anything. Amen. When the, the Pharisees, when the religious crowd shows up, it's not to, not, they don't come because they want something from God. And they don't come because they want, they think you can supply it. Many of them come out of curiosity. Many of them come out of, um, uh, uh, <laughs> pride. 
the uh, there was a very famous um, minister, Doctor. I think is yeah, Charles Price. I think that's who it was. It, it was in the early 1900s, like it was after Azusa Street. But he was like, I don't know what denomination, the old line denom, not spirit field. Um, uh, he went to one of Amy Simple McPherson's meetings. He, he explained later, he went to expose her as a fraud. So he went to one of her meetings and, uh, uh, was gonna confront her and, and get up and tell everybody she was nothing. Well, God touched him. He wound up praying in tongues for like half the night or something, left out of there a different man. And he wanted to come back later and say that her healings were, were, were fake. And then God touched him and healed him at her meeting. So I guess after a while, he said, I'm going to have to quit this because this, this stuff is real. You see what I'm saying? God's so merciful. You know, he touched that man, healed him. And from that day forward, Dr. Price started studying the Bible. He's written some very, very good books on faith. It's not Christ the Healer. It's one of those other classics, though. But he started the healing ministry after that. There was all that he did was was studied and talked about divine health and healing. It was and had a large ministry uh, in that vein. So he was able, one of those few that came. That, that left converted. Amen. But by and large, the religious main, the religious. So here Jesus is teaching. There were Pharisees, doctors of the law, sitting by, which means sitting on the front row. Those people never go to the back. Amen. They're always front row people, which were come out of every town in Galilee. So somebody's calling them to this meeting. And I'm not talking about word of mouth either. But there's gathering up from different towns. It's because the strong man has alerted them. Go to this Jesus meeting and stop what he's doing. See, they're not there to help anything, and they're definitely not there to learn anything. And so, and it says the power of God was present to heal them. So they needed something from God, and the power of God was present for that reason. Now, the power of God is present. Why? Number one, Jesus has called a meeting. Whenever somebody in charge calls a meeting, God shows up. But also the power of God being present to heal. Now, you know and I know atmospheres are different. Not everybody has a healing atmosphere. But it follows the words of the person in charge of the meeting. So it says Jesus is teaching. So he must be teaching on healing. Because the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a man, in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought a means to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. And they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. So many times you can get to a meeting and and be full of faith and a desire to get your miracle. But if there's too many people there crowding you out and they're not there to be healed, they're just there to take up space. Amen. See, the enemy plans these things. He plans disappointment for people who are looking for God to move and looking for God to help them. Don't ever quit. 
on your healing. Don't ever quit on whatever it is you're believing God for. You don't know the obstacles that are being put there to keep you from getting that. See, there's obstacles that we have. Our thinking sometimes is an obstacle. Sometimes we just had a rough week and we're just tired and don't feel that we can extend any faith any further. You understand what I'm saying? And so there's all kinds of things to stand in the way of us receiving, but they don't, they won't be, it won't be that way forever. Just let me put it to you that way. It won't because God is there to help. The fact that God's power is present there to heal them means that he means for whoever will believe to get healed. So God is with you in this. It's not that God, he wants to put it off for another day or today isn't your day or whatever. Whatever you expect. You can, you can turn your expector on anytime. The, the problem is sometimes, many times we turn it off and on. And we don't understand that when you're in the presence of God, when there's a healing teaching going on, now is the time to just tell God, God, I receive my healing. I receive my, my body. I receive the, I receive your, your power to get rid of this pain, to get rid of this weakness. Touch me, Lord, with your healing power. And, and that's really all we have to do. But you know, many times we're so accustomed to going to meetings, coming out, going, coming out, unchanged. Go, come out, all the same. Come, go, come out. And it should never be that way. We should always expect when we're in, in, in the presence of the Lord and, and the teaching is going forward, we should expect to receive off of that teaching. You know, God, let me, let me get off my medication. Let me do better on this. Let me, whatever it is that we need. Expect that and just let that be your prayer. Let that God, let me get, get another touch. Let me get a step closer. Let me get some improvement in my condition today and, and make it so. And once you put your faith out there like that, see, that's how we please God. That's exactly how you please him. You please him by expecting him to do things that need to be done in your life. Amen. And so here these, these Pharisees need it just like everybody else did. Amen. They just won't extend any faith. And so it says, behold, the men brought in a man that was taken with palsy and they sought a means to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But they couldn't get in for all these other onlookers and critics, troublemakers, jealous people. All of that's abiding in the same atmosphere. It says, and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. Only problem with this man getting healed is that there were obstacles in his way. Amen. And we need to know that that's true for us too. The enemy has laid obstacles for us, for everything we desire from God. You know, you know, I, I think sometimes we need to, you know, cut ourselves some slack sometimes. You know how you want to criticize yourself? Well, maybe I'm not praying enough or I need to get in my word more. And all that's true. It's true all the time for everybody. But it's not like God is penalizing anybody. You know, it's just, okay, so, so you've identified what you need to do. Go do it. 
Amen. And and be sincere about it. And and so and if that's not what it is you need to do, then just leave it out there and thank God that that you're healed and thank God that your healing is it will come to pass. Amen. I believe I received it already and it will come to pass. Amen. And just keep thanking God for that. Keep reminding yourself it will come to pass. You know, mind, don't tell me I can't have it. Don't tell me it's too late. Don't tell me it's not coming. It will come to pass. Mind, get yourself in gear now. You start acting right. And quit fighting me on this because it's it's on the way. God's working on it right now. And so when he couldn't get in there for the multitude, amen, obstacles, things in the natural that want to keep us from receiving our healing, that want to keep us from doing uh, the things that 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 we normally do, you know. I think a lot of times people, when we when we keep going in spite of limitations, sometimes people don't realize how powerful that is before God. You, you understand what I'm saying? You imagine the faith that it takes to to keep doing what what you would normally do with ease, and now it's difficult. That's a lot of faith right there. You know, God's going to honor that faith. Amen. One day you look up and you're doing it with no, no hindrance, no trouble at all. Amen. That's how it operates. So any, any way that you can keep your faith in operation, keep your faith in operation. Amen. Keep moving. Keep doing. Keep going. Uh, that's all faith. And don't ever let the devil tell you that, that, you know, you, you don't, you, you don't have it all because it's, he doesn't know no becauses. If it was up to him, he would never want to see you get blessed. So he did tell you any kind of lie to keep you uh, bound and keep you from moving forward. So here we are. This is a mixed crowd. Jesus has a mixed crowd. You got your Pharisees. You got your doctors of the law. That's all them uh, uh, doctorate uh, ministers that just got it from a Sears catalog, you know. Give me a piece of paper. I'll pay you some tuition. Give me a piece of paper. The people that are giving them to them don't have any education either. You understand what I'm saying? It's just a hoax. That's what this is. They don't know anything about God. If they did, they would respect Jesus as Messiah and want to learn something from him. But they're sitting there as a bunch of critics. Amen. And so this this man's trying to get in there. His friends are trying to get him in there to get him healed. So they were expecting to be able to get in the door and put him before Jesus. That was the vision that they had inside of them for how his healing was going to take place. Amen. So they got to figure out a way to carry out that plan. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She had made up her mind. If I can just sneak up behind him and touch him, that's all I need to do. I'll get my healing. Amen. Same thing with these men. There's something about the way your faith operates. It sets up a scenario in your mind and in your your faith puts it together before you even get there, you know, and will lead you to exactly what to do to receive what it is that you need. It's like a point of contact, except that your faith is telling you how you need to do it so that it, you can accomplish what you need. Amen. And so, and until your faith speaks, just keep doing what you're doing. Amen. But this man's, 
this this faith working in these guys um, kind of worked a little specifically. They knew they had to get him in front of Jesus. They had to lay him at Jesus' feet for some reason. And and probably because whenever you see the multitude of people that Jesus healed, they got his individual attention. They were brought before him. Bartimaeus hollered, don't pass me by. And Jesus heard him and stopped and called him to him. So most of people we see had Jesus's undivided attention. Now, the the 10 lepers is different. That was a group healing. For some reason, that group got healed. Then you see later on people, the multitude, a crowd coming, and everybody who touched him was made whole. So you see multitudes and you see individuals. So Jesus sees us as individual people. He sees us as people that, that need specific instruction to get our faith stirred up to the point where we know that we know that we know that we can receive what we need from him right away. And so the the meeting and Jesus, uh, you know, familiar pattern is the Pharisees, doctors of the law. They're going to be sitting there as though they're judging him like he works for them or something. You know, religious people always have to keep up some kind of appearance thing or some kind of facade or have some kind of reputation like we in charge of this. If we don't approve, it's no good. If we approve, it's okay, you know. And it says, and behold, men brought him in. And uh, they sought a way to, to get him to lay him at Jesus' feet, but they couldn't find a way in because of the multitude. And so when they couldn't get in one way, they turned around and got an inspired idea from the Holy Spirit to get in another way. How many times have we been, have we turned away from the next step that God wanted to take us? Because we felt it was too hard. See what I'm saying? There's, there's always that part of uh, the fight of faith that we we meet an obstacle, we meet a challenge, and we shrink back because we don't realize that faith has with it different levels of unction to produce for us so that we can break through and get what God has for us. Amen. So many times people, you know, when when something doesn't go right like you thought it was supposed to go the first time, we shrink back. You get embarrassed. You start thinking it twice. You you wonder, you know, did God really tell me or what did I do wrong or why isn't this working for me? And see, God knows we have all of that baggage, just like this guy's baggage came from other people. Our baggage often comes with what we carry with us. Amen. What we think is is going to be uh, an ideal situation, and it doesn't work out like that, then we're kind of like at a loss for what to do. But there is an unction from the Holy One that will tell you what to do. It instructs you and it guides you. And it will give you the next thing to do. And I think many times our miracles reside in just holding our peace and waiting on God to give us the next thing to do. He may give it to us right then and there. He may give it to us um, in another 
situation, you know, another setting, another venue. I think sometimes our best our best help from God comes when we just say, well, okay, this is a no right here, but I'm still expecting. And don't go home and think about it. Go to the next place already if you can. You got me? Because, see, that going home is already a sign of defeat. It's already a sign of it's not going to work. Like God is out of ideas. He's never out of ideas. And he's never out of help for us. He just has it for us, period, folks. He's going to get He's going to get uh, our things done that we need to have done, just period. So, and that you can take to the bank. You don't have to mull over or wait or anything like that. You know, there have been many times that I've, I've, you know, been making a major purchase and couldn't get what I thought I didn't get peace about. And I'll ask him, is there somebody else I can talk to? You got a boss? Oh, well, they don't always. I said, do you have a boss? You understand what I'm saying? I'm just asking. Well, yeah, but, you know, they wanted, that's always the devil's stall. I said, well, if I can talk to him today, I'll just wait. What else are you doing? You, you, you dare to receive what God has for you. See, faith will tell you when to press in, when not to press in, you know? And there are times when God will say, well, don't worry about right here. I got another place for you. Always go to the next place. Always know there's a next place. You're never out of, well, you know, I thought I was supposed to get in here. I saw myself, you know, I don't care what you saw. It fell through right here, but it's still alive. Faith is still alive in your heart. That faith is going to manifest your stuff at some point. Amen. I would say things to myself. I said, ah, they just don't know who I am. I'm their blessing. Come to bless them. They just don't, they ain't recognized me yet. Amen. So whatever you need to do to encourage your faith, stay, but stay in faith. Don't take on this, this, you know, disgruntled or uh, failure attitude or it didn't work. I don't know what I'm going to do now. You weren't doing nothing a minute ago. God was doing everything. <laughs> you never know what you're going to do. You got to find out from the master what needs to be done. Sometimes things will work when we least believe they're going to work, you know, when they least uh, seem likely to manifest. That's when they work. It's just a matter of you believing, standing on what you believe, standing on your faith. Amen. So in this atmosphere of healing, it's not like this guy didn't have a healing waiting in that room. He had a healing waiting in that room. He just had to get to it. Amen. And I think that's true of all of us, everything that we desire. It's there for us. It's waiting there for us. Amen. His healing was not outside the door or he would have been healed already. Amen. His healing was in that room because that's what their faith was telling them needed to be done. See, your faith knows the the hour, the day, the moment, the circumstance, everything about the manifestation. So your faith is really every day leading you closer and closer to what it is that you desire from God. And so once you understand that, uh then you you you'll be more peaceful, you'll be more um energetic more joyful 
all of the above because you have that okay from God that that it it will come to pass. Amen. So that's one thing that these guys knew. Now they could have gotten upset because they couldn't get in the door. Amen. They could have just said, well, we just going to go back home. We're not going to try this. We, I told you we wouldn't be able to. Nope. You didn't have nothing like that going on. And it's wonderful when you're working with people who have, who are full of faith and not, and if they're not full of faith, they're at least obedient and will hold on to what you've agreed is going to happen and not start giving different opinions about, you know, I knew this wasn't going. You don't need people like that. Don't ever have people like that around you. You get rid of them like a, a toothache. Amen. The the uh, Monday morning quarterbacks. If I'd have been in that game, I'd have threw what you suit up, fat boy. You know, you can't even get in your your uh your navy uniform for ten years ago. Talk about if I'd have been in the game. You ain't in the you ain't in the game for that reason. Amen. You to quit the first thing that that minute you got hurt, somebody poke you in that that beer belly, amen. You fell over, so, amen. So so you want people who are going to stand, stay the course, who are going to keep pursuing with you. And I thought it was wonderful that this young man God had found friends for him who were willing to do whatever it took to get his healing for him. Those are the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. And so it says they couldn't find a way in. And it says, but they went on the housetop and let him down through the tiles. They just picked up loose, you know, just uh, loose the tiles, took them all up and made it a, 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 what do you call it? (laughs) What do you call them? Moon roof. Uh, sunroof in the house yeah they they had an automatic sunroof in the house and they let him down through that opening that they had created see sometimes there are man-made openings to your faith there are 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 people that god will use uh to help you get to the master uh billy burke the uh healing minister um, he has meetings uh, every month over in Pittsburgh. You know, anybody that wants to go, I encourage you to go. We haven't organized a trip there yet. It's just not convenient. Everybody's doing something different or, you know, COVID this and not, you know, that kind of stuff. And I just know when, when the door needs to be open, it'll open for us, uh, more of us to be able to attend. But uh, he was healed uh, at a Catherine Kuhlman meeting. God healed him there. And uh, he said that those meetings were held in some Presbyterian church. They let her use their church there. Uh, now, she had had quite a history in that city uh, because every place that she went, she was shut down or run out. Amen. People thought she was in witchcraft. She was highly criticized, especially because she was a woman. Women just didn't do stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, um, but these people kindly let her use that, and she used that was her permanent place to be, to have her meetings. Well, it was an old structure. It was hard to get into certain places, and and Billy said that, uh, Pastor Billy said that when he, his family got there, he was, uh, uh, 
he was blind in one eye. His head was, he had a brain tumor that had taken his sight. And the doctors had warned his mother and grandmother if they took him away from the hospital, uh, he would die. And so they just made up their mind this was their time to go. And so they took him to the meeting. Well, when he got there it was the same thing as this. Every door had people in front of it. And they had finally gotten there. And here they have this little boy that really can't walk very well. He's in pain constantly. He said they kept ice packs on him just because. He said they didn't really help with the pain, but that kind of distracted him from how much pain he was in. And so he had ice packs, had a patch over his eye, all of this. And he said there was a man that came to one of the ushers, opened up a side door. So they were here, they were trying to get in the front door, and the line came past the side door. And the man looked out and saw them, and he said, you, come here, come here, and brought them in. And so he created, God created an opening for them because they knew if if that word's hanging over you, if you don't get healed today, you're dead. You understand? And God knows the power of negative words on us and what they can do to us. And so God made a way for them to have their faith held out just long enough for them to be called into that meeting. Amen. And when they got there, he was up in the balcony. And and Miss Kuhlman noticed him way up in the balcony. And she said, you, you come down here. God's healing you. And he said that when when she he came down to the lower level and he said that she touched him and he said three rows of people behind him fell under the power of God with with her just touching him. Do you understand what I'm saying? And he was instantly healed. He took that patch off. She told him, take that patch off. He could see out of that eye. He said when he went back to the hospital, no tumors were there. He said the only thing he had, he had a bunch of, of tumors on his back. And he had them for years. And he they would uh, periodically go back to her meetings and she told him, he told her he was embarrassed because he had those tumors on his back. And she told him in front of his mother and grandmother, well, the reason you have, you're going to have those until you give your testimony. And his grandmother set it up for him in a summer camp, a Christian summer camp, for him to get up and give his testimony. And he said every single tumor shrunk down. His back was totally normal. Amen. So God completes what he starts. But he makes, if your faith is telling you, to get somewhere and God's going to do it there. Believe me, God will make sure it gets done. Amen. What we have to do is not lose heart. I, I remember having people we took on the bus and, and if they didn't get their healing the first night of the first meeting, they cried and were upset. And I said, well, we got two more meetings to go. Why are you upset? I mean, you, you could get it tomorrow. Well, I thought I was, you know, just emotional. You know, and, and people need to dif- understand the difference between your emotions and your spirit. If you don't, you sure will. If you're going to get anything from God, you're going to understand where you're being emotional, where you're being upset because you thought it was. Where did you think that at? You didn't think that in your spirit. Your head came up with that because your head wants to bug you now. You know, the minute you get patient and the minute you get 
chill about God's going to do it, you know, and it will come to pass. The minute you start saying that to yourself, your head's going to come. You should have had it by now. If God was going to do something, he'd have done it a long time ago, you know, and put you in a rush for things. So don't let your head start dictating to your spirit. Let your spirit man take control and keep control of what's going on. So here, these men take the tiles off the roof. And led him down through uh, the ceiling, through the open roof, and on his couch into the midst before Jesus, says verse 19. And when he saw their faith, so important we let Jesus see our faith. Amen. He said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? See, they're not there to learn anything. If they were, they would have held their peace and they said, wow, he's got the power to forgive sins. Maybe we've got that power too. Or maybe we should see God forgetting that power to be able to forgive. And maybe we can get some people healed when they come to the temple. You understand what I'm saying? They don't say stuff. The religious never say that. They're looking for a way to criticize the people who are anointed, what they're doing. And it says, who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said to them, why do you reason in your hearts? He says, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to say, rise, get up and walk. But you need to know that the son of man, that is Jesus, has power upon earth to forgive sins. Amen. Then he said to the guy, I say to you, arise, take up your couch and go to your house. In other words, Jesus is saying, Whatever it is that God gives me, there's no right or wrong thing to say to anybody when God gives you the words to say it. Amen. And he's saying, I'm the son of God. Whatever I tell him to do will do the job. Amen. Your sins are forgiven you. That'll give you that sense of righteousness. That righteousness can believe anything. Amen. Purity believes anything, believes anything God says. Amen. So this young man, if if we take care of his sins, he's righteous in his faithful work. If I tell him to get up and go uh, take up his bed and walk, his faithful work. So whatever Jesus chooses to tell him to get his faith to work, that's what he's going to tell him. It's much better, I think, to know your sins are forgiven you because what's going to happen when this guy gets up and walks? And then later on, the devil starts bugging him about what he did. You're right back on that cot again. Amen. A lot of people that get a healing and don't realize if they'll, they'll do things like go to a great healing meeting and, and walk out of there totally symptom free. And then later on, start thinking thoughts will start coming to them before you know it. They're right back with the symptoms again. You understand what I'm saying? So Jesus wants to do a total job for this guy. See, knowing your sins are forgiven, that's that means that you carry righteousness. You have right standing every day, walking every day, right standing with God, which means your faith will work to believe God for the impossible every single day that you live. 
So that'll take you a long way in your life versus this one time get up off your bed and and carry it and go home. Amen. And Jesus meant for him to go home. In other words, don't hang around here no more. Get your healing and run. Amen. Because these crazy people here are going to question you a million times and talk you out of it before you even get out of here if you can. Amen. And so it's just good to to understand uh, when the instructions of Jesus do a lot to us to help us to to get to where he is. So there's a lot of things in this story. Um, uh, it says here, I'll finish the story. Verse 25, immediately he arose before them, took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they all glorified God and were, were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. Amen. So if you can't do anything else with religious people, just you leave them dazed and confused. Amen. At least you made an impact on them. It says they all said that. Amen. Great fear fell on those people. So Jesus knows what he's doing. He knows how to minister to the critics, the unbelievers, the believers to give them what they desire and what they want. He does a complete and total job when when you're in one of his meetings. So so in in and if you let the Holy Spirit use you, the anointing will touch every single heart and every single need in that place. Amen. Where people are resistant and not wanting to believe. God can touch them anyway. You know, he can give them some understanding. You know, people say things like, well, you have to want. So, honey, listen, don't even go there with the wants. You don't even know what you want. From minute to minute, most people don't know what they want. Amen. And so we we, we need to understand that, that, that uh, God knows how to meet every single need there. And he's a loving and a caring God. He loves those Pharisees and doctors of the law just like he loves that young man on that mat loves us all the same and he wants us all to have a revelation of him and what he can do so we said before because there was power there to heal it follows the preaching of the minister so when we want healing we should preach healing well suppose i've never seen anybody healed that won't stop you from preaching it amen you said you wanted a a big mac but you didn't want a mcdonald's so, you know, I mean, come on now, you can you can speak of a lot of things that you've never seen or you haven't seen or you're not close to it or not close to getting it. You can you can call those things that be not as though they are. You can speak to your need and speak to your want and your faith will lead you to the manifestation of it. So here they were. There was power to be healed. Jesus always preached and taught wherever he was. It was a combination of preaching and teaching. Uh, there have been some people I know, Jesse Duplantis, uh, in his visit, God, God took him to heaven, I think several times now. And he said, he said, oh, I heard Jesus preach. He said, if you want to hear, he preaches better than anybody you ever heard in your life. I said, well, I will imagine so. So then we got that to look forward to when we go to heaven. Amen. So the power of God shows up in response to the preached word. 
amen, in response to the preached word. Oftentimes, the power of God will show up, and if there is no preaching there to support it, you just feel the presence, which is good. But the presence is there so that we can preach and give the Holy Spirit direction as to the needs of the people there. And and so this is something that uh, new preachers have to understand. This is how it happens. You get in 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 churches, denominational churches. Well, we don't believe that that went out with the apostles and all that kind of stuff. If anybody were to ever get up and preach it. God would show up and heal people just like he did. If you quit preaching unbelief, quit stopping the power of God from manifesting, then you will get what what you preach. You get what you preach all the time. They have no problem preaching salvation in many churches. A lot of churches don't preach anything. They're just motivational people. There's a difference. you got to open that Bible. You know, ministers that you get up with, they got the headset mic and don't even have a Bible. I don't listen to them. They don't give any honor. If you can't honor God by opening up his holy word when you're in front of a group of people, you just need to go sit down. I know you know a lot of stuff, but we're not there for you. We're there to honor God and to hear the word. And you'll see them walk around for an hour, never open a Bible. They're just reciting. And look at what happens. You look at the fruit. Watch the manifestation. There's never a healing line. They talk about healing, but nobody ever gets healed there. They never have an altar call. They'll play around sometimes, call people up and and all that nonsense stuff. Never honor God. You know, just it's there's nothing there. Paul talked about that. What did he say? Great swelling words of man's wisdom. He said, I didn't come to you like that. He said, I came to you in demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a difference. He said, why? So your faith wouldn't stand in who I am. Most of those people have a big name. You know their name. If if I said it, you know all of them. They all have a big name. People recognize immediately. Why? Because their faith is standing in that man. It's not standing in the power of God. Amen. So you don't dishonor God by letting people follow you and you don't ever crack a Bible open. You don't know if they're getting their stuff out of the Bible. It sounds good and it may sound reasonable, but I tell you what, the Holy Spirit would tell them what to preach if they'd open it up to where he can guide them. See, that word is a lamp and a light. It guides you where you're supposed to go in that sermon. Amen. Don't ever, I never, people will ask me, they'll call me and ask me to do a, a, a telephone thing or a Zoom thing, you know, preaching. I always have my word open. You know, it, it guides me. It shows me the right stuff to talk about. Amen. And I know God's pleased and he's glorified. So, you know, this, you know, people do what they do, but they get good, big, big followings. Why? Because some people like people. They don't know that they're not hearing really what God wants them to hear until they sat there for a long time and not really gotten anywhere. Amen. And bought all the books and bought all the tapes and sent all the money. Amen.
And so we we want our we want your your faith to stand in the power of God where you see God move. That's where you can be confident that God is and that God honors what's being preached. Amen. So whenever Jesus preached, the healing anointing showed up. And and especially if people were there who believed. And they constantly brought people in need to him. And that's part of the anointing as well. The anointing will draw the people who need to be there. Amen. So uh, <clears throat> people mix the word with their faith. They mix the word with their faith. Some people show up and know that they're going to be healed. Amen. They'll just sit there while, you know, while the preaching is going on, enjoy the preaching, but they know they're going to get up at the altar call and, and be healed. I've known people come to our meeting, get healed in the lobby before they even got into the meeting. You know, they just were anxious to get there and so thankful to be there. And God manifests on them. Amen. You know, and it, it's just like, who are we to stop what God wants to do? This is, this is his thing to do anyway. Amen. So in the power is released in words always. No preaching healing, no getting healing. Amen. You've got to say something about health or healing. Now there are times where there's resident faith in people and you can, you can give an altar call no matter what you preach. Amen. Uh, but you're depending upon resident faith and the anointing on the minister to get the job done. Many times if you preach healing, you can start people from not believing almost anything about it and get them convinced in one sermon. Amen. That God wants them well. And so that happens as well. Skeptics and critics are always present, but they will not stop the faith of God from operating. Now they may hinder and they may draw people off who maybe are not strong enough to stay in the spirit so they can stay with the flow of what the anointing's doing. If if when Jesus knew that people would hinder the miracle, what did he do? He put them out. Amen. And that little girl, he had to raise that little girl from the dead. He made those skeptics leave. Amen. At at Lazarus' tomb, he had to groan and intercede in order to get him out of there. But he also had to prep people for what he was about to do. Amen. And give let the ones who are at least trying to believe, give, give them a chance to believe with him so that he can get that done. But see, when when we have faith that pleases God, it moves past any obstacle. Amen. This man had had helpers. Your faith needs helpers. It needs uh, determination. Amen. You got to be determined that you're not going to take no for an answer. You're going to get it. Amen. God, I, I was turned back today, but I am not taking no for an answer. I am more encouraged now than I was before I started out because I know my healing is near. Amen. And I can trust that you're going to lead me to the next opportunity that I have to step into that place of manifestation and it will be there. Always know that God has a place of manifestation for your healing and you will step into it. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, thank you for, for giving us understanding and giving us opportunity to exercise our faith in you. And, and Father, when we plead you, 
like when Jesus saw their faith, he was pleased. The the Bible doesn't say that, but we know that's what happens because you your word says without it, it's impossible to please you. But with it, we are well pleasing to you. And so we thank you, Lord, that we exercise our faith in you at all times. We exalt you as healer. We exalt you as Lord. We exalt you as the lover of our souls, as our friend, our soon coming king. We exalt you as our provider our maker and our creator, the one who loves us more than anyone. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So we'll do our declaration before we adjourn. I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. Thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen.